Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my Substack. This week's newsletter is a diary entry about a new old lunch, a recipe for one of the best pasta sauces I have made, and eating notes. New old lunch. The kitchen at Sam's grandparents' house is roughly where it was before, but nothing in the kitchen is where it was before. Much of it no longer exists because of the fire. The new room is a different shape. We lift a heavy round tabletop ferried here by car onto a frame so there is a surface on which we can do things. Everyone is a little frantic nervous and excited. They are busy putting things where they imagine they were before, or in the spirit of where they were before. People mutter to themselves about the right place for this or that. There are minor differences of opinion. We find wine glasses in an unexpected drawer. Nick, who is 91, is finally sitting down but he is not really resting. He talks non-stop about shelving brackets. He wants to display his paintings as soon as possible, maybe even before there are chairs to sit on. At his insistence, I message Sam's mother, Emily, a photo of the size of bracket he wants. Sam's aunt Hannah, grandmother Anne and I unpack boxes of assorted kitchen bits removing the newspaper from each object. Hannah flattens out the crumpled newspaper and folds it. A trestle table is retrieved, repaired, then erected, and we arrange the contents of the boxes like a display at a jumble sale. One gilded saucer, one faceted glass, one delicate china cup, slightly scorched but intact items. Some ugly crockery that had been donated and could not be refused because of the good intentions it arrived with. I want to make a meal that is the kind of lunch I have eaten in the house before it burned down. I knew the wooden house that the new one replaces for seven years before it turned to ash. The others who are here, Sam's family, knew it for 35 years at least. The new house is an echo and the lunch I'm making is an echo too. We are here and not here, here and there at the same time. It is the first time we have been in the building, but it feels almost the same as being in the familiar house that was destroyed. Eerie, but good too. They are very full of feeling as they rush about assembling the new old house and I want to make them lunch. Hannah suggests that Anne would like soup. She hardly ever gets to have soup, so we'll give her soup. In this house, Anne will have soup. And a salad, I say, thinking of salads I had eaten here before, prepared by Nick. He likes salads with things in them, treats in the folds of the leaves and par-baked rolls, another echo. 
I preheat the new oven and wash up the contents of the sink so that I can wash the salad. I find a radio and put on Radio 3. I tell Hannah they could do with a light over the sink as it's quite difficult to see. I cannot find a big enough salad bowl so I use two. The leaves are what I can salvage from a discounted bag of wilted pre-washed leaves and two gem lettuces. In the fridge I find the end of some blue cheese and after hunting around walnuts and two apples from the garden. The salad is sliced apples, small pieces of blue cheese, walnuts, lettuce and a simple oil and vinegar dressing in a small jug. I bake the rolls, checking often. Nick says he usually burns them and heat two tins of Heinz tomato soup in a pan. We wash up cutlery and find bowls and I dish out the hot soup of which there is just enough. I put the lunch on a tray, hot white rolls, tomato soup, a block of butter, two bowls of salad, the jug of dressing and a bottle of Swedish Austrian white wine, Nick's favourite. We sit on the big white sofa, which is a recreation of the one that burned in the fire. Nick has put a duvet under the sheet that covers the sofa as he thought the new one wasn't soft enough yet. Anne manoeuvres herself into position near the window in her wheelchair. We sit around a low table, eat lunch and look out at the garden, which is the same, and take in all that survived. Recipe. Pasta sauce made with reserved roasting juices from a chicken, sweet pumpkin and fresh sage. On Wednesday, Sam made roast chicken when our friend Jonathan was visiting. It was the best chicken I've had in ages. It tasted so much of chicken. Thinking of his grandmother, Anne, he covered the skin with lots of salt and some pepper. He put a piece of butter on top, a little olive oil over the top, and a piece of butter in the cavity. No herbs, lemon or garlic. It cooked for 40 minutes in a really hot oven. Then he covered the breast with foil, turned the heat down and finished cooking for another 40 minutes at a lower temperature. Thinking of my mother's roast chicken, in which the legs and thighs are usually coming away when cooked, he left it in a little longer than he was originally intending to. It emerged juicy and sticky with bronzed, caramelised skin. Jonathan and I ate in a somewhat crazed manner. Also, roasted new potatoes, boiled cavallanero, and crucially for what follows, aioli. Sam made a thick aioli. While we indulged in some of the roasting juices at the end with potatoes, we mainly ate the dish with aioli. This meant there was lots of chicken juices and melted butter left in the pan as he did not make a gravy with them. We saved them in the fridge. The next day I used the chicken juices to make a new dish inspired by a dish made with beef roasting juices at an Italian restaurant I used to work in. In the original dish it was beef roasting juices, fresh rosemary, 
butter and a little lemon squeezed in, emulsified with pasta water to coat the pasta. It is an alchemical combination of flavour. Delicious. For my chicken version, I applied the same principle, but added some pieces of sweet pumpkin I'd boiled in salted water until tender, and used, used fresh sage instead of rosemary. And, my God, one of the best dishes I have made in ages, and took me 20 to 25 minutes in total. I made it for my neighbour Emily and Sam, and both were enthused. Pasta sauce made with reserved roasting juices from a chicken, sweet pumpkin and fresh sage. Ingredients. Serves three to four. Juices, jelly and fat left over from roasting a chicken. 60 grams of unsalted butter. 10 small fresh sage leaves or six larger ones. My plant just happened to have small ones. Cut half of the leaves into thin strips. Half a lemon. 200 grams of firm fleshed sweet pumpkin peeled and cut into half centimetre thick squares of around two by two centimetres. 100 grams of pasta per person. I used long flat strands of pasta of medium width. Use what you have. How to make. Put on a large pot of water to boil, around two to three litres. When it's boiling, add 20 grams of salt. Boil the pieces of pumpkin for four to five minutes until just tender, then remove with a spoon, but keep the water boiling. Add the pasta to the water. While the pasta is cooking, melt half the butter in a frying pan that can fit all the pasta in. When the froth subsides from the butter, turn the heat down and add the whole sage leaves. When they are aromatic but not browned, tip in the chicken juices and fat and shake the pan. Add in the cooked pumpkin and shake the pan. Let it bubble for a minute. Taste for seasoning and adjust salt and pepper. When the pasta is cooked, save a mug of water before draining. Squeeze a spritz of lemon juice into the chicken sauce. Tip the cooked pasta into the frying pan with the rest of the butter and the shredded fresh sage and a tablespoon or two of pasta water. Keep tossing until the sauce is coating the pasta. Add more pasta cooking water and or unsalted butter if you want more. Serve immediately. Spoon any pumpkin from the bottom and the sauce at the bottom over the top and add a grind of black pepper. We ate the pasta with a griddled courgette salad made by Emily. She was very precise about how she cut the courgettes, marking out lines with a knife before cutting it. Eating notes. My first persimmon salad of this winter, sliced with olive oil and salt, eaten with cheese and rye crackers with butter on. A jar of pickled onions I saw at the car repair garage, apparently bought in by a customer. A blurred photograph of the free sherry table after the Wigmore Hall Sunday morning concert. Sweet, medium and dry. A toasted piece of banana bread with a thick piece of butter. Thanks for listening.